0: I went to prison not once, not twice, but three times, yes. You know, at an early young age, I got involved with gangs, started selling drugs, started using drugs. And before you know it, I went down that dark path of addiction, incarceration, addiction back to incarceration. What's your dream?
1: I never had that question asked. All right, welcome, everybody. This is Getting Live with Lyndall Keith, and the guest I have for you today is amazing. And you know, this show's about transformation. We talk about obstacles. We talk about overcoming adversity. We talk about challenges and different ways we can get through those challenges and experience fulfillment. And uh, I have a whole bunch of guests lined up for you. This is episode number two, and I want to introduce my guest today, Mr. Tuan Wen. Uh, Dude, your story is just so powerful. Um, Tuan is a John Maxwell certified speaker and transformation coach, leadership coach. Um, He's the founder of Movement 21 Empowerment and also the founder of Prison Transformation Initiative. And your story, man, is the, in my opinion, it's the epitome of transformation, dude. And what you're doing right now is just like, grand slam like out of this world and um i'm not gonna like try to tell your whole story that's not what it's about but let's go ahead and talk about um i want to hear kind of the early days what your challenges were kind of growing up that led to the life that you know you ended up creating by bad decisions and all that and you know what what that looked like how it shaped your situation and then how you overcame that and 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 what's it like now man on the other side absolutely uh
0: you've seen the movie alice in wonderland i want to describe a scene because i love telling this story okay so there's this there's this scene where alice is walking on this deserted path and she has this divine encounter with the cheshire cat everybody knows the cheshire cat yeah And in that moment, she asked the cat, she goes, which road road should I take? You know, and she has this fork in the road. And uh, the cat says, well, where are you going, Alice? And she goes, well, I really don't know. And I'll never forget what the cat said. He said, well, I guess it really doesn't matter then. (laughs) And I love telling that story um, because that was me. You know, as a child growing up, I grew up in a very high performance Asian driven culture where success was measured by how much money you made or whether you were going to become a doctor or not. Right. Absolutely. The doctor is the thing. Be a doctor. The doctor. You, you probably have an Asian doctor by the name of Dr. Nguyen, probably, or somebody else on the, on the call has a doctor named Nguyen. So that, that's what I grew up. I grew up in a culture where I was so busy trying to live out someone else's dream that I never defined my own dream.
1: Hmm.
0: And looking back, no one ever asked me that great question. What's your dream? I never had that question asked. Right. And so it was so easy for me to um, find validation in, in trying to please my parents, trying to find significance in, in education. But without that dream really attached to it, education didn't make sense, bro because that wasn't my dream. And so here, here I am trying to go to school and then I failed so miserably. And uh, just to kind of speed things up, you know, uh, you know I, I got involved uh, at an early young age with like gangs and just finding significance in the streets and stuff like that. So, you know, at an early young age, I got involved with gangs, started selling drugs, started using drugs. And before you know it, uh, I went down that dark path of addiction, incarceration, addiction, back to incarceration. I went to prison not once, not twice, but three times. Yes. Today I can actually own my story and say, yeah, you know, I did go to prison three times. Yeah. But if you were to ask me, why did I go to prison so many times? You know what I'll tell you today? I don't know. I wanted to be discovered, but I wasn't willing to
1: be developed. Hmm. I like that. Did you, did you hear that somewhere or did that, that kind of ideal just kind of pop in your head and that's kind of like your, your, your way of seeing things? I heard, I heard
0: something similar uh, during a sermon one time, and it was speaking about how God puts you into obscurity to conceal you from the things of the world. And truly, that's what it was. I, while I was in the world, I wanted to be discovered. I wanted, I wanted to be in the limelight. I wanted that fame. I wanted success. I wanted popularity. Those were the things I chased after. I wanted shiny objects to make me become something that I was never created to be. Right. And, and really what it was, was God had this great call upon my life. But through that process, I would have to be broken and be placed in a, in, in a secluded, we call that the dark room, right? We call it the dark room. And, and a great analogy is, You remember back then when we we had cameras that that actually had film in it, the row of film, where you had to go to like Walgreens or CVS to get it actually, uh, you know, you you had to go turn the film in in order for those photos
1: to get printed. Yeah, they had the little 110s, the the plastic ones, and then they had the film ones, the 35 millimeter one. Yeah, like I want to do one hour. I want my pictures right now. Absolutely. And not only that, you never really even knew what you what, what the picture was going to look
0: like when you took it. Yeah. But the process of getting that film developed goes through many stages. So hear me out. It goes through many stages in the dark room. And any exposure to the outside light would destroy that original image. And if you put yourself, if you put yourself in in that place right there. What God was doing was he was seeking to develop the image that he had already forged inside me. And any exposure to the outside light would literally destroy that image. Mm -hmm. And that's why I often say I wanted to be discovered. I wasn't willing to be developed. God put me in a dark room, obscurity, where I I was totally stripped away from everything from the world to come to that place where I started looking inward instead of looking outward for the validation. Yeah. That was I mean that that was really uh that was really my my aha moment where I I really understood that you know um I went to prison on my third uh third trip down I got set up by one of my good friends well I guess they're not really my good friends but they set me up uh and I, I was busted in this big narcotic sting you know with a bunch of meth uh, had some cocaine and heroin and I remember sitting in the back of the cop car and I was like man you know, here we go again. Here we go again, and I didn't have any regret. I knew this was coming. I I just knew that God had a greater call upon my life, and there was no way of running from it no more. And it didn't matter how much time I was going to sign for. I was looking at thirty five years to life when I first came in to the system. Through God's mercy, He gave me sixteen years. I got I got a sixteen year sentence. I ended up doing five years on it. The only difference between this time versus the other two times was I went to the window of life, the casino of life. I decided to bet all in. That was the only difference versus the other two times was I went to the window of life. I said, you know what? I don't know what it's going to take, but I'm going to give it all I got. And that was through the process of five years where I started learning that personal growth and development and leadership communication was going to be the game changer for me because I had the faith aspect down. I had faith last time when I was out, right? but I didn't know how to lead myself. And since I didn't know how to lead myself, I didn't know how to communicate. So the deposit that God had placed inside me, I didn't know how to transfer that onto others. And you can even go on to say, maybe I didn't, maybe I didn't come to that true place of transformation yet. Maybe I still had a little bit of development where I had to go through some, some phases where in order for me to transform other lives, I had to go through this stage again. All right. Yeah.
1: I can completely relate to that, man. A hundred percent, like uh, searching and searching and searching and trying to find validation and things and people and events and, you know, uh, things that I could acquire um, and just stay broken. Like being introduced to leadership. Did you stumble across a John Maxwell book when you were in prison? Did someone give it to you? How was that introduced in your life? The concept of that? I stumbled upon it.
0: You know, uh, I started just really seeking, uh, seeking, seeking personal growth and development books. And I think the first John Maxwell book I ran across was Failing Forward. Yeah. Failing Forward. And as I just started diving into John Maxwell, I started just continue just investing in leadership. I always was in leadership positions, no matter where I went. So when when I was in the streets, I was always in type of some kind of leadership position. And when I went to prison, I always seemed to flourish in some kind of leadership position. And I realized this is part of my gifting. Why not investing it? Why not invest in it to do good?
1: Yeah, a, a shift in momentum. It's much easier to take someone that's going a thousand miles an hour in one direction and just divert them to a different direction. It's easier to do that than it is to get someone going that has no momentum. It's just taking that powerful energy that you already possessed and just a mindset change. Oh, well I'm going to use all these gifts to go this way. Uh, I want to create and I want to develop and I want to use this to do great things. That's, you know, I, I, I've been to jail lots of times, too. And, you know, some of the smartest people I've ever met were there. They were just using their skills for the wrong things. I see. You know? So any, anyways, go, go ahead about your discovery with, with leadership and, and what, what that turned into. Because I know you helped a lot of inmates. Right. When you were there, like, start to study leadership and, and create a better life for themselves. Yeah. So one thing I
0: I realized was two things that men lack in the prison culture is vision and authenticity. And without these two right here, without vision and without authenticity, you're never going to breed any kind of confidence leaving. The main reason why I came back to prison the third time was I didn't have a plan for my life. And since I didn't have a plan for my life, I fell under the plans of somebody else. And you know how that goes. When you fall under the plans of someone else, what they usually have planned for you ain't about nothing. Not much. Not
1: much. Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah. Your, your world is so small when you fall under someone else's plans. And it's so easy for some men to be, leave prison and come right back because mm-hmm. they don't have the leadership skills. They don't have the communication skills. Therefore, they lack the confidence because we get out and we have this X on our back already.
1: Yeah.
0: And not only that, the transition... Where I've seen so many men flourish inside prison, but the transition from leaving prison into the outside world, it literally changes because now, I mean, you're going going back to society where now people start seeing the clothes that you wear, you know, uh, things just start looking different because when we're in prison, everybody looks the same, bro.
1: Yeah.
0: Everybody looks the same. And I've seen so many people get stuck in that culture where they find value in that place, but they lose their value the moment they get out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, So many people are, it's called prison transformation, you know, like there's not much else to do. So, so many people, you know, they, they seek, uh, they they seek wisdom from Bible studies and stuff like that, just to kind of, you know, go through the motions a lot of it doesn't really seep in doesn't translate to the outside, um, yeah. is what well, I've kind of seen. That's why we have such a high recidivism rate, man. It's like what eighty-five percent right now in the state of Texas. People that that go in, they come out, and they end up right back. Eighty-five yeah. percent, isn't that right?
0: Yeah, it's pretty close. Uh, I think last time I checked, it was seventy-eight to like eighty-something percent, give or take. In the in the first two to five years. That's wild. Yeah.
1: It so it's- when you started to, when you started introducing this to other inmates and kind of leading small groups, right? You were leading small groups and it kind of caught on and started to build momentum, right? How long was it from the time that kind of started to grow to where you were like leading bigger groups? Because, from my understanding, it spread pretty quickly the concepts right. that you. Introducing to people, and it really started to uh, to light up. How long was that process? Uh, I so I just, you know, when I
0: got to uh, Prison Fellowship Academy over there, we had uh, peer driven classes, mm-hmm. and I stumbled upon a class where we had access to VHS tapes. I don't even know if you guys remember what that looks like.
1: <laughs> of course, I,
0: yeah. I had access to John Maxwell's 17 Indisputable Laws of Teamwork on VHS. Half the tapes didn't even have video on it. It just had audio. But I took those video lessons and I started learning and I started teaching a peer-driven class where it's already just growing little by little. And I, and I, I remember this moment so, I mean, I'll never forget this moment. I was watching the video where John was speaking about the law of the price tag you know, where everything you gain in life demands a price tag. You either pay now or you pay later. If you pay now, you can play later. And in that video, there was this moment where he got off stage after speaking to maybe like 2,000 people. A young man comes up to him and says, hey, John, man, I love what you do, bro. I mean, I've been watching you all morning. You've been talking about leadership. You've been cracking jokes. Everybody's having a good old time. You're just sitting there just sipping on your cup of water. I'm counting like 2,000 people times X amount of dollars. Man, John, you're making a killing up here. And then the young man said, John, as a matter of fact, I want to do what you do. I want to do what you do. And this is what John said to him that that literally changed my life. Because that was John speaking to me. I was that young man speaking to John saying, hey, I want to do what you do, bro. And John said to the man, he said, I'm not really impressed about what you want to do. What does impress me is what are you going to do to pay for it? How are you going to get there? Mm -hmm. And then this is what he said. That was the defining moment in my why. He says, I'm not impressed about what you want to do. What does impress me is how are you going to do it? Here's my question. Will you do the things that I did so that you can do what I do? Are you willing to do the things that I did so that you can do what I do? And that right there was when the light came on and I was like, I'm going to do what I got to do. And uh, from that moment on, you know, I started I started reaching out uh, trying to find a way to get in touch with the John Maxwell team. Uh, wrote a, wrote wrote a couple letters. Met with a program coordinator. Was able to sign on to become a certified John Maxwell team member while I was in prison.
1: Oh, what happened while you were incarcerated?
0: Yeah, I had to, so here. I had to convince my parents because uh, I I couldn't pay for it. I mean, I, I was literally in prison with nothing.
1: Yeah, and
0: and that's and we talk about transformational leaders. Transformational leaders believe things that others don't believe. Right. They see things that others don't see. And I realized as a transformational leader, what I saw was a big problem in prison reform. We weren't creating leaders. We were creating followers and we left men handicapped because of that one concept in 10 years of being in prison. I've never been in a leadership development course. Why? Of course not. not. People don't
1: see us as leaders. Why would they invest in us to become leaders? Let's just get them into more Bible studies. Yeah. That, that tends to be kind of surfacey, you know? Yeah. It's just kind of reading along. I think it just depends on where you're at mentally. If you can see it as, a, uh, as kind of a guidebook and step work, like a practical workbook. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people don't use the Bible as a practical workbook. They just kind of read it because it's, it's a part of the culture. You know what I mean? And it's, so that's, what's so great about having these other books, like, you know, John Maxwell and Jim Rohn. I love Jim Rohn. I'm on a Jim Rohn kick right now, but John Maxwell, Jim Rohn, Napoleon Hill. And that's what my whole library is filled with over here. And it's so cool because it takes all those principles that are deeply rooted in the the principles and the morals that, that Jesus was teaching, but it breaks it down. It kind of seems to be easier to build off of. Um, cause it's, it's spoken more in the modern day, you know what I mean? That, that's kind of my take on it.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So once you, uh, once you had this, this aha moment, this super duper, oh my gosh. And you started speaking to other people about it. Um. And you got Jay, uh, Jay, uh, John Maxwell certified while you were incarcerated. You were saying that you convinced your parents you couldn't afford it. Did they foot the bill for you? or How did that work?
0: Oh, it took a lot of sewing. Let's just say I've taken flight in a lot of projects. Mm-hmm. I've never landed anything. I've never landed anything in my entire life. So you think about trying to make this pitch to, you, to your family members where, I mean, you pretty much have lost all – support you know just because you've gone to prison once twice three times yeah and then i hear you have this dream that you're going to be a leadership speaker coach and trainer for the john maxwell too they don't even know who john maxwell is
1: yeah
0: <laughs> you know they don't even know who john maxwell is so uh, you know when i remember the first time i pitched to them about this great idea you know what they told me
1: mm-hmm.
0: we'll, we'll pray about it
1: <laughs> of course that's like something <laughs> my mom would have said absolutely i'm gonna get the whole church to pray about it
0: yeah Go- Um, let
1: me pray about
0: it yeah I feel you yeah but I mean that was just the beginning I just kept on sticking with it I kept on sticking with it and uh eventually man my vision and my passion and conviction became so real in walking that thing out despite whether the next person believed in me or not I started just building on that momentum I mean a lot of those guys were crazy saying that you're not going to do that I mean, you're not going to meet John Maxwell. I literally have John Maxwell's book. And as a matter of fact, it's not with me right now. But in that book on July 4th, 2018, I wrote a declaration in there. I said, hey, John, your books have transformed my life inside prison. And one day you're going to read this and you're going to sign this. I'm going to be at the March IMC in 2019. This is before I ever even got a hold of anyone on the John Maxwell team. Like, what you know what's so crazy is I started talking about the John Maxwell team to the point where my correction officer started getting in the conversation, and he came back to me one day after he started looking into the John Maxwell team. He said, hey, I went ahead and did it, bro. I said, what'd you do? I said, man, I joined the John Maxwell team. As a matter of fact, I'm in mentorship right now. And I was like, "Ah, what? I was like, Bro, I was like, you stole my dream, man. You stole my dream. And you know what's so cool about it was this was the beginning of something so cool because now he started bringing in notes from the John Maxwell team. And now he started sharing things with me to where I was able to take that and started implementing things from John Maxwell team before I even got out.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Yeah, I started learning how to do masterminds. Uh, I started just putting those things in place and I just started trying, started just trying and I just kept on being intentional about it. It started off, our class started off with like maybe 10 guys and everybody started catching on that John Maxwell wave. You know, by the time we left, we we started two classes. As of today, we probably have over a hundred guys in John Maxwell roundtables and masterminds in the unit right now.
1: Wow. Wow! Yeah. I haven't even come back yet. Is that in, is that in Houston or San, San Antonio? Where yeah. is that? Yeah, that's in Houston. That's in Houston. Yeah, hundred guys, and, and there is a. Does someone from the outside come in, and lead the the group, or is it is it led by inmates? Yeah.
0: No, it's led by a couple of the, of my other John Maxwell team members that are part of John Maxwell's equip. So I don't know if you you know this, but I also serve as a an AT a trainer for john maxwell's equip foundation which is geared towards transformational leadership wow yeah but they work with countries so they uh they serve as salt and light and john's vision there was to provide resources to all these foreign countries that didn't have it Mm -hmm. so he's literally impacted over 7 million leaders worldwide through roundtables uh in over 150 countries
1: unreal man
0: yeah, and, and, and it's the process of, of showing the, the inmates what a leadership environment looks like. It, it's just being seated at a table where they're in a leadership environment where, where they get to, get to hear great questions. And I, I, that's why coaching is so paramount to me because coaching is, 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 is so essential if we can bring that into the prison culture because of the the power of drawing something out of the inmate instead of telling them you know yeah,
1: yeah. it's it's the appropriate definition of education and of course you, you know what that is It comes from the latin word educo which means to educe, to develop to draw out from within not to cram a bunch of useless knowledge in, and yeah. you know i just finished reading think and grow rich for the third time and you know this time i'm i'm Making it more of a textbook, and I love the chapter where it's the Henry Ford story on special wow. knowledge, and that newspaper because Henry Ford had hardly any schooling at all, but he's massively successful. So this newspaper they they published the article um, saying that he was an ignorant pacifist, and he sued the newspaper for slander, and when they wow. took it to court. He was getting asked all these questions by the the attorneys. You know, who was Benedict Arnold? How many uh, how many soldiers went back to England after the War of 1776 or whatever it was? And he said, I don't know, but I assume it's probably less than came over originally. Like, why would I need to know all this information when I've dedicated my life to manufacturing automobiles? Right. If I need to know anything, I have you know, this row of electric push buttons on my desk. And if I push it, I can summon any man to my aid. that can answer any question that I have. Right. So it's such a, like, just that concept of, of being, um, being so in tune with what you need in order to create something amazing. And it's knowing what you need. You don't have to be all these things, you know, understanding what's needed and place the right person with the right gift in order to make that thing go forward um i really love that part that, that part's always stuck out to me um so yeah you were you were you started the masterminds started to grow and take it from there
0: yeah so i we we started we, we launched those two programs one was a uh, salt and light where we would we would pick out twelve. We start. We use the number twelve. And how it works is we chose twelve high-level leaders that had potential to facilitate roundtable sessions. The roundtable consisted of taking them through twelve weeks of intentional living through John Maxwell's roundtable uh, transformational leadership. So we started that as kind of like the beginning foundations on building, uh, building just a community of growth. So those twelve would go out and build a roundtable of four to six guys. And this was all organic. Everything was organic. Wow. And we built on those 12. Those 12 turned into 60. And then from that, we graduated the first class, which was, uh, which was so cool because we got to you know throw them like like a little party and stuff like that. And from there, the leaders from that group went to the 15 Invaluable Laws Mastermind. So I started seeing we have to have a progression here. You know, so as they go through one thing, there has to be another level up. Because leadership is a, a, a lifetime journey. It doesn't just stop.
1: Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's a yeah, lifestyle. It's got to be daily for sure.
0: Yeah. So from there, we just kept on training leaders. And then we had uh, two groups going on at the same time, which is almost like 100 guys. And last October was probably one of the coolest moments of my life. Was when I got to go back to the prison after a year, and we come back for graduation. So we go through like a a twenty month program, and after a year, once you're out, you get to come back for your actual graduation to kind of see everybody else. And I said that you know what, I'm gonna make a phone call, and I'm gonna reach out to Mark Cole. Mark Cole is the CEO of John Maxwell Company. Uh, he's he's John he's John Maxwell's right hand man.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I got to share the stage with him uh, in March of 2019, shared the stage with uh, Mark and, you know, we had this really cool relationship. And uh, I decided, you know what? I want to ask if Mark would be willing to come inside the prison to speak. So it's almost like this. I got to share the stage with Mark at IMC. Now Mark gets to share the stage with me inside prison.
1: Wow, that is just wild, man. That is so cool. And you wrote all that stuff down and made it happen, didn't you?
0: <laughs> yeah, you know he that's he came cool. in. I mean, it it, it it you know it's man, it's it's moments like that where it's like, man, you know, just because I chose to say yes, I I, I was living on the other side of yes when I was in prison, and that's all it was. Yeah. And, And because I said yes and I started walking in the vision, my alignment became my assignment and God brought the right people into my life. Like what kind of influence did I have coming out of prison to where I would be on center stage speaking to over 3000 coaches with uh, Mark Cole? Not only that, what kind of influence do I have where I can uh, reach out to Mark Cole and say, hey, I don't know what's on your schedule, But would you fly down to Houston and come inside prison and have a keynote speech with me and bring your wife? (laughs) How many times has he done that? He's done it once. Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah, he's done it once. And, you know, through this um, COVID-19, we actually had a a meeting set with uh, some prison fellowship officials and talking about actual implementing some, some bigger programs and maybe possibly scaling it, but we never got to that point because of uh, the the pandemic. So yeah, I was really sh- looking forward
1: to that. Yeah, I was supposed to go to IMC this past March in Florida, and I had to get it rescheduled for for August for the next one. Um, prayerfully, you know, everything is going to be all good and it's going to go down. But I'm I'm looking forward to it, man. I've I've heard it's it's a it, extremely exciting experience and a, a very invigorating. Um, dancing on the tables and just <laughs> oh, yeah. it, it, celebrating you, you're leadership. Gonna it,
0: you're going to love it. You're going to have so much fun there.
1: I'm looking forward to it. I have, let's see, 15 invaluable laws of growth right here. Yeah. Oop, oop. And then I haven't started this one. Well, I have started it, but I kind of bounce around. But leadership. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. In tune with Twan. Hey, there's your podcast. In tune with Twan. Let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I love it, man. And um, what? What? So, what else you got going on as far as the? Uh, so the the structure of prison transformation initiative. That's that's basically what you're talking about teaming up with these other coaches and, and coming into the prisons and teaching leaderships and empowering the inmates to become leaders and then have them lead groups. So,
0: you know, my vision at that time was we have so many John Maxwell coaches worldwide in every single state, almost in every single city. And then I thought about, it, I said, man, if we could literally send John Maxwell coaches into the prisons and actually teach growth and development and leadership, how would that change the prison culture? Like I literally saw this oh. vision where I, I, I saw it. I was like, man, this, this could work because here's the thing, ah, there's no way I could do that on my own because there's too many prisons. Oh, but yeah. if we actually had a program where we could literally scale, and even if the John Maxwell team members would volunteer on just a, a monthly basis to come in and just to mentor and just empower them with the tools, they can, they can run it on their own. Because I've yeah. seen it work. I've seen yeah. it work with the system that we have where it's about empowering them to become leaders, not just teaching them.
1: Yeah. Leader, leaders of self. Um, so what are you doing right now for, for work while this thing is going on all crazy?
0: Uh, so I, I believe in the power of collaboration. So I'm really, um, I'm, work, I'm really just working on a new coaching program that I have. So I, I'm really uh, stepped into personal branding and social media strategies on helping people create c- content, build on growth strategies, and then eventually monetize. So that, that's kind of like how I, I kind of dove into this other side of coaching outside of the leadership stuff. On one end, I do a lot of leadership training with my church. We got some masterminds going on uh, with another partner of mine that I do right now. So I do one-on-one coaching, but group coaching. I work with uh, anyone that's seeking to really advance their reach right now in social media and really mm-hmm. learning all the technical stuff on how do I actually build, scale, and monetize Facebook groups is big now. So I've I've really uh, I've really learned a lot through just staying on Facebook platform for now, and, and I mean I've I've made. I've made all my clients from Facebook, you know, just being active and just really visible on social media. Really? um, Yeah.
1: You doing a lot of zoom consultations and zoom coaching and stuff right now or
0: all day. I mean, uh, you know, I literally fill up rooms pretty much. Wow. Yeah. So I I got really good at it. And that's really part of my gifting is I'm a connector So I can gather people into the room, but now are you gathering the right people in the room? You know, you know, and once you gather the right people in the room, what are you offering them? You know, and so you can't even give an offer or you can't even pitch an offer until you really get clarity on who is it that you serve? What is it that you do and what kind of results that they're going to get from working with you?
1: So when you're talking about helping people with with content, are you just coaching them on how to create it, or do you have a team of creators that that create the content for them?
0: So I, I got a team. I got a teammate that I partner up with that uh, is really good in the digital ad space. So he really is. He's really good. He used to work with Ty Lopez. I don't know if you know him, but. So he's been in that space for a long time. So he knows about content and growth strategies because that's what he's been doing. So he's a, he, he's building six figure businesses right now. And I realized that was what I needed. I needed, I needed, I needed a guy that will understood systems. Like I can gather, let me gather the, let me gather the people in the room and let me coach on the mindset. Because even if you were to grow a good Facebook group and monetize that, you got to be a great leader. And if you're not a great connector, you're not going to keep that level of engagement because you're going to run out of content. And when you yeah. run out of content, you're going to end up losing the people. And don't only that, just think about when you scroll on your daily newsfeed, how
1: much competition is are you facing on a daily? It's astronomical these days, man. Everybody's a coach. Yeah. What do you think the percentage rate is of people that are coming out Talking about being coaches, what do you think the percentage rate is that actually sticks these days? Literally, I've scrolled through Instagram, and it's like every other thing is, uh, I'm, I'm a coach, I'm a leadership coach, I'm a life coach, right. coach, 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 coach. You know, and um,
0: I got to be honest. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm in a circle with a lot of coaches in every single industry. And a lot of those coaches aren't really doing that great. I mean, you've got a select few that are that are, are killing the game, but then you've got the majority that just have no idea what they're doing. A lot of people try to practice on their craft, and they invest more in their craft, and they never build on their business. I don't know if that makes sense to you.
1: Yeah. 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 So um, I really love what you're doing, man. I think it's, it's really amazing. Is there anything else that you'd like to talk about?
0: So right now, I'm currently, uh, we got a 90-day leadership transformational challenge that we're taking of maybe about 10 or 20 people through right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: 90 days of transformational leadership geared towards this right here. So uh, by far, one of the greatest books that John Maxwell has taught on, especially when we're talking about shifting, 11 essentials in shifting in your leadership. And there's no greater time than right now to shift. Yeah. Count me in come on i want to learn i want to grow baby yeah hey look you don't have to do life alone you can do it the easy way and surround yourself with people that are ahead of you that have already done it absolutely
1: yeah. Absolutely. that's what it's about I, I and i gotta read failing forward that's one that i haven't read i haven't read that book yeah i really need to get that book and check that oh.
0: out it's a great concept i love using this analogy now is Here's me, Twan, 16 year sentence for a dope charge. Here is Bob, 16 year sentence with a dope charge. We both have great family support. We both have a pro Lord. Everything we have very similar. But the only difference between me and Bob is Twan decides to embrace failure as his friend while Bob embraces failure as his foe. Twan embraces failure as a stepping stone while Bob embraces failure as a big, huge monument. Twan embraces failure into his destiny, while Bob embraces failure into his pity and destruction. Mm. That one concept of how you
1: embrace failure that changes the whole ballgame. Come on, man. I love it. Yep, it's all perspective. Life is 10% what happens and 90% how you handle it.
0: Absolutely, man.
1: All perception. Well, man, I love what you're doing. Thank you so much for being on the show. Um, guys, that concludes today's episode of Getting Live with Lyndall Keith. I want to thank Tuan. Hey, Tuan, what is your website?
0: Uh, www.m21empowerment.com
1: m 21 empowermentcom People can find out more about your coaching, your, uh, the, the seminars and the workshops and all that stuff you're doing right now. So right. make sure you guys check them out. Click subscribe. Click like. This is Lyndall Keith signing off from my little home library, my little home library. appreciate you being here, Twan. Absolutely, man. appreciate you. Appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you later. You guys have a good one. Peace.